Would you turn with me this morning, please, to Romans, the eighth chapter, Romans chapter eight, and the fourteenth verse, Romans eight, fourteen. If you haven't been with us, we've been on a series now for weeks and weeks, entitled The Spirit-Led Life. And we've been talking about living the Spirit-Led Life. In uh, Romans, the 8th chapter, let's pray before we read. Father, we thank you for all the blessings we enjoyed today. We thank you for our health, our strength, our brightness of mind. Thank you for every physical blessing. Thank you for a church family. Thank you for all the good things you allowed us to enjoy. Thank you that we're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you for the Holy Spirit whom you've sent to indwell us, be our guide and our teacher. Give everyone eyes to see and ears to hear, a heart that's open to receive. Let there come revelation of truth that makes free, answers to questions, direction and help right now. Unveil the word to us, and we'll not be hearers only, but by your grace, we'll be doers. And we know as we do, you are faithful to watch over your word and perform it in the lives of those who act upon it. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we don't pray just to take up time in the service. We pray we release faith. When we pray like that, you should be believing with me everything we're asking. And you should be releasing faith that I'm going to get answers today. I'm going to get direction. Right? And you're not limited to what I know. You're not limited to what I say. The Holy Spirit's our teacher. He can say things to you I didn't say. Right? You can get things about things that were said. And uh, something that just sets a truth off inside you. Settles something. Fixes something you've been struggling with. Something you hadn't been sure about. The Lord wants us to know. He doesn't want us in the dark. He wants us to know. Amen? His word gives us light. In Romans the 8th chapter, verse 14, let's read. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Can sons of God expect today to be led by the Spirit of God? Certainly they can. Of course, when he says sons of God, you understand that's male sons and female sons of God. For you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You know, the Holy Spirit's called the spirit of comfort, the comforter. He's the spirit of adoption. And his leadings are familiar and comforting, not strange and unknown. You know, remember Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And a stranger's voice, they won't follow. And that's one way you can help ascertain what's right from what's wrong. When, when you, I don't care if it's a prophecy if it's a tongue and interpretation, if it's a vision, if it's a dream, if it's somebody's interpretation of a scripture passage, and when you hear it, you go, huh, where'd that come from? Strange, unknown. That's the thing you don't follow. That's the thing you don't do. Did you hear me? Because when the Holy Spirit ministers to you, If it's through me, if it's through somebody else, that's the same spirit who's in you. You know him, right? I mean, he's in you when you wake up every morning. 
He's in you all through the day and when you lay down at night. You know you are familiar with his presence and his person. And even if it's something that's brand new to your head, maybe you never heard it with your head before, it's new to your head, still it'll be familiar to your heart. Did you hear me? And you'll have a witness. And if something is coming to you from so, you know, through somebody else or from, from out here somewhere, if it is of the Lord, you'll have a witness. And when you're hearing it, you'll go, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got the same thing in my heart. Right? Don't be misled by somebody's prophecy. Somebody say, yeah, but so-and-so's a prophetess. Says who? Well, they said, well. I don't mean they are. Maybe they are. Maybe they ain't. But even if they are, prophetesses and prophets can miss it. Did you hear me? Well, he's an apostle. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he ain't. I know that's not good English, but. (laughs) Just because somebody says they are, that don't mean they are. And even if they are. Maybe they are an apostle. Maybe they really are a man of God or a woman of God. They can still miss it. Right? Especially with the Holy Ghost don't miss it. No, he doesn't. But he manifests through imperfect vessels. I've seen prophecies that the first part of it was God. And the middle part of it was a mix. Part God and part them. And the last part of it was just them. All prophecies should be judged. Did you hear me? Judged. I don't care if it's me. I don't care who it is. It should be judged, number one, by this book. And number two, by the witness that you have in your heart. Okay? We're, we're to be led by the Spirit of God. You know, in the Old Testament, not everybody had the Spirit. Only the prophet, the priest, the king, certain ones that God chose to anoint to be deliverers, but to common people, you know, the the mass of the people did not have the Holy Spirit in them. Oh, but today, that's what makes our covenant better than theirs. The scripture said, in that day, they'll not tell every man his brother, know the Lord, for they'll all know me, from the least to the greatest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you have an unction of the Holy One, an anointing that resides and abides in you. And he said, and by that anointing, you know all things. Doesn't make you omniscient, but you know everything you need to know. Everything that comes up, you can know by the unction inside. So don't get to looking out here and trying to be led externally. Be led internally. Read the next verse, please. Verse 16. The Spirit itself, or as many translations say, I think a better translation, Himself. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. That we are the children of God. Is that internal or external? Well, where's your spirit? Inside. Where does he bear witness? What part of your being does he communicate with? Not your mind. Not your emotions. Not your physical feelings. Don't be led by hot flashes. Cold flashes. Goosebumps. Did you hear me? I mean, people are still, you know, following erroneous things. Well, whoo, I just had a, a feeling. Well, great. But that's not what you're led by. Did you hear me? No, we're not led. Don't be led by feelings. Don't be led by emotions. Be led internally by the witness. The witness is a knowing. Amen? Something beyond yourself. Now, we, we've been teaching on this for weeks, and I... I sense that some folk in here, this is the first time you're hearing some of this, it would behoove you to go get the tapes and catch up with us because we're we're actually months into this. We're doing this by divine direction. The Lord dealt with me back when the church first started. Three things, he said, teach the people and get it ingrained. And we're not through with it, but this is the third one of the three that he dealt with us to do. One was to teach the people how to walk in love. We've camped on that for months. Teach the people how to walk by faith. We camped on that. Now, we're not through with these things, you understand. 
But we, we've laid foundation that we can come back and build on. And the third one is teach the people how to be led by the Spirit. How many believe this is important? This is so important. I don't know how you could express how important it is to learn to be led by the Spirit. It absolutely is the difference between living and dying and prospering and failing. I mean, it's the difference in so many areas of life. Every area. How many believe you can and are and will be led by the Spirit of God? So many Christians, even though they're born again, they're not living a Spirit-led life. They're head-led. They're led by logic, reasoning. They make decisions based on circumstances, pressure, need, other people's opinions, theories. People can be money-led. I mean, it's amazing how many Christians are just completely money-led. And I'm not talking about preachers. There are preachers that are, but I'm just talking about the laity. People will say, well, that preacher, he ought not take a meeting just for money. And the preacher ought not do this for money. That's right. But nor should any Christian. Did you hear me? Christians shouldn't just leave places, change companies, change jobs, change geographical locations, move their family solely based on a pay raise. That's being led by money and not by the Spirit of God. Did you hear me? And see, people don't even think about this. They just do it and they think, well, hey, I got more money, I got to go. No, you don't. No, you don't. Well, they offered me more money, I got to go. Then you're money led. Led by money. No, we're to be spirit led. Right? Spirit led. And it's not something you learn all about in a day or two. But, you know, as we grow... The things of God become more real to us. And what we've been camping on now for some weeks are what we're calling keys to increased sensitivity. Things that you can do to make your spirit more sensitive to his spirit. To make yourself more aware of his leadings. How many of of you want to be so aware of him that when he whispers you hear it loud and clear? And you know it's him. Now, I'm not talking about hearing audible voices now. I'm just talking about inside. When he deals with you, when he directs you. Every child of God has a right to know the leadings of the Lord and be led by him. And I'm convinced he's endeavoring to lead us all every day. But people are not listening. Sometimes, you know, you see good Christians. Ministers and and people that love God, you know, involved in a tragic accident, die in midlife or be cut off in the prime of their life. People say, well, I still understand why God took them. So many times it's not a matter of God taking them at all. It's a matter of God warned them and tried to get it across to them and they didn't listen. They just pushed through and missed God. No. So many times people are just not listening. And that's why bad things happen is because they ignore or just not pay attention to or override what they had in their heart. Because for one thing, people, you know, traditionally have not been taught to listen to their spirit. Hadn't been taught. Oh, but that's not us. We're growing. Boy, it delights me when I hear about the children and the youth. You know, we had the little girl, how old was she a while back? Said the, said the Lord dealt with her to take her crayons. Six. Lord dealt with her to take her crayons to school. They said she wouldn't need them today, but the Lord dealt with her to take her crayons. So she loaded them up and took them. Sure enough, something happened that nobody expected, and they colored half the day. She was one of the few that was ready. And then this 14-year-old, Lord deals with him, take an extra pair of socks. Friend, that is not insignificant stuff. You learn how to take an extra pair of socks when you're 14. Then when you're 25 and the Lord deals with you, pull over on the side of the road and wait 15 minutes. You miss a car wreck. Did you hear me? No, don't go in business with them. Yeah, but it looks good. Don't do it. You hear what I'm saying? Oh, my. When the little ones are trained to be led by the Spirit. And it's happening. I said, it's happening. Somebody said, well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I don't have any old dogs in here. 
They're all new creatures. New creatures in Christ. Hey. Am I right? I thought so. Turn with me please to Hebrews the 12th chapter. Now we have been giving one after another keys to increased sensitivity. Keys to success in living the spirit led life. First one we talked about was yieldedness. If you're with us, we talked about that. We talked about openness. How you've got to be open. We talked about having and keeping, maintaining a clear conscience. We talked about peace. Amen. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. And we talked about patience. If you want God's best, you have to be willing to wait on Him. Not get out ahead of Him. So many times people miss God. By moving too fast, talking too quick, answering too quick, talking too much, moving too fast, talking when they ought to be listening, moving when they ought to be waiting. If you don't know, what do you do? Wait till you do, right? Don't move till you do. Don't make a decision. Don't commit till you do. Someone says, well, how do I know if I'm going to know? That's where faith comes in. Faith says, I will know. He will show me. And so you wait till he does. I don't mean you just have to sit in your house on your knees, wait until you, you hear a voice. No, not that. You, you, you just wait, though, before acting or moving until you get it inside and you get clear. Might be hours, might be days, might be weeks, might be months. Some things might be years. You know, some things that I... That we thought, boy, you know, we got to do this. We got to do this now. But I found out we didn't have to do it for years. We thought we did, but we didn't. And then when we got direction on it, oh, it was wonderful then. Patience. Everybody say patience. Well, in, uh, in Hebrews 12, we'll read it and then I'll describe it. Hebrews 12 and uh, 13. Actually, verse 12 goes with it. 12, 12. He said, Wherefore, lift up the hands that hang down. Everybody say, no hanging down. And the feeble knees. Everybody say, no feeble knees. You know, you could get healed on that one verse right there. If you had knee problems, you could release faith on that right there. He said, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Let it be healed. Now, he's talking about direction here. Can you see that? Make straight paths for your feet. Paths are what you go down. Verse 14, you see further he's talking about direction, because what's the first word? Follow peace. Now, we've already talked about that, haven't we? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of peace. You're following peace. You'll be following God. He said in Colossians, let the peace of God rule in your heart. The Amplified talks about let it act as an umpire, deciding with finality, you know, between issues and decisions. Follow peace with all men and, and means what? And also follow holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Follow peace. We've talked about that. That'll keep you in the straight path, in the right path. Also follow what? Follow holiness. Follow holiness. Without which, without holiness... No man shall see the Lord. Matthew 5, you don't have to turn there, but it says a similar thing. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. That word pure means clean. For they shall what? See God. 
They'll see God. I think a lot of people have just read this and, and kind of put their own words in there and said, you know, follow holiness without which nobody will go to heaven. That's not what he said. What did he say? And of course, you know, going to heaven involves seeing the Lord when you get there. But I think this, apply, this covers more ground than that. It covers that, but it covers more than that. The pure in heart will do what? They will see God. But now don't just focus on physical seeing. The word see, the Greek word is also translated perceive. Perceive. As well as to see and behold. And how many understand that we that walk by faith, we look not at those things that are seen, but we look at the things that are not seen. How do you look at things that are not seen? You can perceive and see things that are not seen with these eyes. And one of the biggest things about being led by the Spirit is knowing the direction of God that it is God. And seeing that it is God. Perceiving. So many times Christians, through, there's reasons why, but, but get confused in their own self about when something's coming up to them and they go, well, is this God or, or not? Is this God or is this just me? Or what is this? Well, in that scenario, what needs to happen? You need to get to the place where you can see this is God, right? You perceive, see this is God. And what helps you to do that? Holiness. Without holiness, you won't see the Lord. You won't perceive the Lord, right? Now, we don't make ourselves holy. The Bible tells us that we've been sanctified and made holy by the blood of the Lamb. No amount of good and righteous works can make you righteous enough to stand before God clean and pure and holy. But His blood and our faith in the blood has made us holy. Amen? We've been made acceptable in the sight of God. Don't think that you got to try to work and get better and get good and do enough good so that you're acceptable in the sight of God. You can never be acceptable in the sight of God that way. That's why Jesus had to come. And since he has come and since he shed his blood and you put your faith in him, you are already acceptable. You are acceptable now. You are righteous now. You are holy now. Amen. Amen. I said, well, no, 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 Brother Keith. I'm not now, but when I get to heaven, I will be. If you're not now, you're not going to heaven. Amen. <laughs> no. How many understand? It is not by works. It is by grace through faith. Right? You can never be righteous by your own efforts. You can never be holy by your own efforts. You can only receive the righteousness and holiness that has been freely given to us by the wonderful sacrifice. Somebody said, yeah, but you don't know, you don't know how bad I've been, Brother Keith. You, you don't know. You don't know the dirty things and, and the defiled and the evil things I've done. How could I ever be holy? Yeah, and you don't know the power of the blood. Because... I don't care what you've done. If you're willing to repent, that blood is powerful enough to cleanse you from all unrighteousness and make that which was unholy and defiled and unclean holy and pure. Hallelujah. You know, I had the privilege of working under Dr. Kenneth E. Hagin for 20-some years. And uh, he had... A number of visions and experiences with the Lord. And one of them that just stuck that I heard him tell publicly and privately. That stuck in my, my spirit. He said on one occasion he was caught up. Out of his body and caught up before the Lord. 
You know, Paul talks about that. You know, how one was caught up to the third heaven. It's happened. And he said, uh, he said he was aware, he saw what you read about in Revelation. He said he saw the throne. He saw the beautiful rainbow behind it. He saw the winged creatures crying, holy, holy, holy. And he saw the master. And he said when he saw the master, he, he said he turned to look towards the throne. And he said the Lord told him, you shall not look on his face. Well, the Bible says nobody has looked on his face and lives. And he, I guess he had more work to do, you know. So he said, but he turned and looked on the Lord, the Lord Jesus, the master. And he said when he did, he was just overwhelmed. And he fell down on his face and he put his hands on the Lord's feet and said, Lord, nobody as unworthy as I should look on your face. And I'm sure you'd feel that way. And this is what he said the Lord told him. He said, the Lord said, stand up. Stand up on your feet. He said, he said it in such a way you didn't think about not doing it. He said, he, he said immediately he stood up and he stood there trembling. He said, the Lord looked at him and said in strength but in love. He said, I have made you worthy to look on my face. Oh, glory to God. Has he? The new, this is what the New Testament teaches. It hasn't been fully taught like it should be. But the, the, the New Testament revelation, tradition teaches that you're just an old sinner saved by grace, an old unworthy worm. That's not the New Testament. That's not the New Testament. It teaches that by faith in the blood, you've been sanctified. You've been cleansed. You've been made righteous. You've been made holy. Holy. We are the saints of God. That's what saint means. Holy. Holy. Everybody say holy. holy. Well, we're made holy. But then not only that, we are to walk in this holiness. Just because you're made righteous doesn't mean you're not supposed to do righteous things. Live righteously and do righteous works. And just because you're made holy doesn't mean you're not supposed to act holy and practice holy things. The word holy means pure. It means clean. And it means separated. You hear the word sanctified in the Old Testament and the New. It means separated to God's exclusive use. Now, uh, Turn with me, please, to 1 Peter. When we're talking about being led by the Spirit, what spirit is that who leads us? Holy Spirit. You know, of all the different descriptors, this one is one of the most prevalent And it's one that can never be applied to an evil spirit. One thing the devil and demons can never be is holy. They are frequently called unclean. Right? Unclean. And defiled. And you know, whatever spirit or spirits people yield to, they take on that spirit's qualities and characteristics. You know the man, uh, Madman of Gadara, he, ha- he was possessed of an unclean spirit. He became like that. Went and lived in the graves, in the tombs, and cut himself. See, whatever spirits people yield to, they take on those qualities and characteristics. If you yield to a lying spirit, what do you become? Liar. Liar. Unclean, you become unclean. But the Holy Spirit, I said the Holy Spirit, you yield to Him, you take on His qualities. You take on His characteristics. He's pure. He's truth. He's holy. Holy. Everybody say holy. 
I mean, the, the word is called the holy word, the holy scriptures. God's angels are called what? Holy, holy angels. Jesus is called the holy child, the holy one. God is the holy God. Like we said before, the winged creatures in heaven, they could say something else, I guess. But what do they say continuously? Holy, holy, holy. What does that mean? Pure, clean, undefiled, right? Holy, separate from sin and and defilement. Well, this has a big bearing on how sensitive you and I are to the Holy Spirit. He leads in holiness. He leads in holy ways, holy paths. In 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 1, verse 14, 1 Peter 1, 14. He said, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Now conversation here means lifestyle. Your way of life, manner of life. Because as it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. Do we serve a holy God? Can we live a holy life? Now when you say that, it's obvious the devil has worked hard to confuse people in this area. Because when you start talking about holiness, people's minds run off on all kind of tangents and they reduce holiness to a dress code, to somebody's rules. I mean, people have all kind of ideas. But again, what is holiness? Purity. Cleanness. Separation from sin and, and defilement. I referred to Brother Hagen earlier. He said this, and I wrote it down years ago. I think it's a, a great way to say this. He said, holiness is not adherence to some man's do's and don'ts or rules and regulations. Holiness is Christ-likeness. Holiness is Christ-likeness. Certainly that'd be true. He is the Holy One. He lived a holy life. So being holy is being like Him. Living a holy life is living like Him. And immediately when you begin to talk about holiness, people's minds have been taught through tradition and and wrong things that, well, that's unattainable, unattainable. I mean, He's holy, but me, no. And I never will be in this life. And I can't. I, I, I can try, but I know I can't. These are lies of the devil. You've been made holy already. And you can live a holy life. Clean. Does that make a difference with you being led by the Spirit? Well, the Bible said without holiness, you won't see the Lord. You won't perceive. Go to the second chapter, please. Of, uh, it's, not, it's not second chapter, but second Peter. Second Peter and the first chapter. Second Peter 1. Second Peter 1, 21. He said, for the prophecy came not in old time, By the will of man. How did prophecy come? But what? What kind of men? What kind of people? Holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. You want to be used in the things of God? You want God to speak through you? Touch through you, minister through you, lead through you, deliver through you, heal through you. Holy 
men and women speak as they're moved by the Holy Spirit of God. See, this is why, one big reason why, the enemy is constantly trying to tempt you and I, lure us into some kind of uncleanness to get us defiled. Why? Because it does a number of things. One, when you get into sin, your heart condemns you. And that condemnation undermines your faith. Your faith won't work if your heart's condemning you. First John said, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence toward God. But if your heart's condemning you, you're not going to have confidence. But then secondly, this is what we're talking about today. When you yield and get involved in things that are unclean and defiled, you say, well, God will forgive me. He will. But there are other effects that you have to overcome. One, we've already talked about, is condemnation. And I tell you what, that's one of the worst conditions you can be in, is your heart condemning you and full of guilt. You'll be defeated. You'll, you'll not have faith. But then another is this. When you yield to uncleanness, it defiles you, and anything that defiles you dulls you. It dulls you. We don't want to be dull. We want to be what? Sensitive. Right? Sensitive. So holy men spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Everybody say holy. 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 Now, go with me if you would to uh, Timothy. First Timothy. First Timothy and the fourth chapter. First Timothy four one. Now the Spirit speaks expressly, very pointedly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. But now these were people who were in the faith. You can't depart from something that you weren't in. Giving heed to what? Not the Holy Spirit, but seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Doctrine means teaching. Teachings. And I I know sometimes we don't like to think about it, but a lot of these doctrines of devils come across pulpits of churches. He's not talking about the tabernacle of Satan. This is That's why you, you check everything out that you hear by the book. Everything. I don't care if you hear it here. I don't care where you hear it. You don't just swallow things hook, line, and sinker because a preacher said it. Right? You have the Bible. You have the Holy Spirit, the teacher, on the inside of you. He will let you know. If it's right, you've got to be able to find it in the book. Like this, uh, one minister went to another one time, and he had taught some stuff that was just far out, man. And he said, you know, I'm sorry, brother. He said, but you're going to have to show me where that's at in the Bible. And he said, oh, he said, we're, on, we're far out beyond that now. <laughs> well, he's far out where I'm not going. Right? <laughs> no, uh-uh. everything must be judged by the written word. It's perfect, and it cannot fail. But then also you have the Holy Spirit in you. And you can have a witness if it's right. Doctrines of devils. Verse 2. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. Now people who are speaking wrong things. And ministering by a wrong spirit. You will find inconsistencies. In what they're saying and doing. And it comes back to more and more inconsistencies, which are lies and deception. And friend, when you see that, there is no way that's the Holy Ghost. He's the spirit of truth. The Holy Ghost never inspired anybody to tell a lie. Ever. There's this one group one time, they got into this stuff about, you know, uh, that they would tell people things that were wrong for their own good. And they called it holy deception. Oh. <laughs> Made me mad just to hear the phrase. 
I mean, nothing could be further from God. I mean, he is the spirit of truth. Who is the father of lying? Who's speaking his own language when he tells a lie? It's the devil. No, I don't care whether it's a little bit stretched or a little bit exaggerated or a big old whopper lie. I don't care. Anywhere in between, none of that can be of God. None of it. None of it. There is no no deception in God. He is light. Right? God is light. And in Him is what? No variableness, no shadow, no darkness at all, no turning. He's just light. Just truth and no lie. Right? Truth. He's pure. But see, these guys were getting off because they're listening to hypocrisy. They're listening to... To lies. People are talking one way and living another. And what happens when you do that in verse 2? Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared. Now, we, so we've talked about the conscience before. The conscience is the voice of your spirit. Spirit of God bears witness with your spirit. And, and we, we won't take the time to do it, but we saw in, in Romans 2, 1 and, and 9, 1, and, and these are, as well as 8, 14, 15, 16, about how the conscience, he said, my conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit. So if your conscience is being seared, then your spirit is being dulled to the leadings of the Lord. And what got them that way? Listening to lies, listening to hypocrisy, giving heed to wrong spirits. And and, and these things led them away from purity, led them away from truth, and in so doing, their conscience became seared. Well, what? when something is seared, the result then is scar tissue. Scar tissue can be thick and unfeeling. Like it should be. The result is dullness. Which is the opposite of what we're looking for. Right? We want sensitivity. Is there a connection between sensitivity and cleanness? Sensitivity and truth. Sensitivity and purity. No question. No question about it. Go to 1 Corinthians, please. 1 Corinthians. And I believe it's the 6th chapter. No, no. There, there are things in the 6th chapter about it. But go to the 10th chapter for time's sake, please. 10th chapter. This is a good day today. We're going to become more sensitive than we've been in times past. A lot of times people, they know some things are not quite right, but they haven't realized the connection and how that coming short in one area is costing you so much in another area. we see this as we go. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 14. He said, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. Now say this out loud, communion, communion. Partaking. partaking. When we come together and we talk about the blood, And we reverence the blood. And we talk about the body. And we reverence the body. When we lift up these elements. And we release our faith. Do we partake. Of the power of the blood. Do we partake. Of the benefits. Of the broken body. Yeah. In communing. And fellowshipping with his spirit. We partake. Of his Blessings and qualities and holiness. Well, now he goes on to say, keep reading. Behold Israel, verse 18, after the flesh, 
Are not they which eat the sacrifice, eat of the sacrifices, partakers of the altar? Whatever you take in, you become a partaker of it. It becomes part of you. You participate in part of it, and part of it gets in you. Communion means a sharing in common. He said, what say I then, that the idol is anything, or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils, and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. Who's he talking to? Isn't he talking to Christians? Spirit-filled Christians. I mean, this is a church at Corinth. I mean, the 12th chapter is the gifts of the Spirit. Right? He's talking to Spirit-filled Christians. And he warns them about fellowshipping with devils. Doesn't he? He said, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Why shouldn't we go into a theater and watch an X-rated movie? I mean, most of you would agree that, yeah, I mean, you, you would, I know you would agree that I shouldn't. <laughs> But is there a different standard for you? No. no. Well, then for you and me, should we go to the X-rated theater? Watch the X-rated movie. Why not? People will say, well, God made the human body and your human body is beautiful and sex drive is natural. I mean, why not? There's all kind of things that people use to reason. Why shouldn't we go? Why shouldn't we go clubbing on Saturday night? Go to the hottest clubs. Why shouldn't we go? I mean, people say, well, I believe I shouldn't go. Okay, why? All right, but why? Let me tell you one of the biggest reasons why you shouldn't. Because there are wrong spirits there. Wrong spirits influenced the writing of those scripts inspired those scripts. Wrong spirits influenced the making of those films. Wrong spirits are in that place. They hang out there. And if you go and participate in what they're doing, then you wind up communing and fellowshipping with the same spirits that they're yielding to. And in so doing, you defile yourself. Can you ever get clean again? Oh, thank God. No, no matter how bad you might mess up and defile yourself, is there some way that you could get clean again? Yes. Yes. By the blood of the Lamb, you can be made clean again. But there are other resulting problems. What do we know already from what we've seen? If you participate in a wrong thing, if you partake of a wrong thing and it defiles you, what else does it do? It dulls you. It dulls you. Right? Every time that you, you're watching something and something inside you is bothering you about it. And you ignore that. You just dulled yourself a little bit. Every time you're listening to something and something checks you, turn that off. Turn that off. And you don't. You just go on and listen to it for three more hours. You just did what? If it's, if it's not of the Holy Spirit, what spirit is it of? And if you're, parta- if you're yielding and communing with something that's of a wrong spirit, is that not having a searing effect on your conscience? And a dulling, of, and that's why Christians get to the place where they're confused about, is this God or is it not? Is it just me or is it the devil? Why? Because they've not listened in times past. They've overrode, they've ignored, and thereby dulled themselves. Oh, but there's good news. (laughs) I said there's good news. I don't care how dull you might have become. You can become sensitive again. And even more sensitive than you've ever been. 
See, even uh, babes in Christ can hear from God. I don't care if you were born again yesterday. Your spirit is alive unto God and your spirit is sensitive to God. When when you're first born again. And the problem is that people, as they go on walking with the Lord, things come up and they ignore their heart. They override it and they ignore and they ignore and they override and it dulls them. Where they should have just stayed sensitive and kept growing, then they dull themselves. Conscience became seared. Oh, but I'm so glad to say today that you can be made clean again. Let me give you three things. Turn to uh, John 15. Three things. This is not an exhaustive list, but here are three agents of cleansing for your life. Let me do it a different way. Go to 2 Corinthians 6. Then we'll go to John 15. 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. Now if you're serious about being sensitive to the leading of the Lord, you'll be listening right now. Here are things you can do to make yourself more sensitive. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial or the devil? Or what part hath he that believes with an infidel? We ought not be communing and fellowshipping with the wrong thing. Right? Verse 16. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, what? Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness In the fear of God. How can you become more sensitive? Cleanse yourself. From things that defile. The thing you could not do. The blood does. But then there are some things God won't do for you. He won't make you cleanse your lifestyle. You have to do that. So what he said. Let us cleanse ourselves. From all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Just as simple as this. Your heart bothers you about something. Cut it off. It's no more complicated than that. You know. Give things the afterward test. What do you mean brother Keith? Well. How do you feel after you do it? Huh? Man that tells you volumes right there. Do you feel closer to God? Do you feel cleaner? Do you feel built up and edified? Or do you feel further from God? Do you feel like you need to repent? Well, that's the thing you ought not do. Again. Right? Now, all of us have missed it in these areas. But let's all get it straight. Right? Why? Because this is costing us. This costs you. In your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Without holiness you won't see and perceive what is God. Oh but those that walk clean and live close to God. When he whispers to them they know it. They know it's him. Man that's worth everything. So put it away. Everybody say the after test. Do you know what I mean by that? Do you feel closer to God or further from God? Cleaner? Or dirtier? Stronger or weaker? Right? 
How about when you come to church? We all shout and talk the word. You don't feel dirtier, do you? No, of course not. That brings us to our next thing you're holding there in John 15. This is a good day today. Adjustments are being made right now. There will be great fruit and results out of it. It's real simple. Something bothers your heart. That's where you get off. Right? Yeah, but they do it. Well, so that's between them and their their conscience. Right? If it bothers you, you can't do it lest, lest you dull yourself. In John 15. So the three things that I'm giving you. Number one, you cleanse yourself through separation. You have to take yourself away from things or things away from you that are defiling. You separate yourself. John 15 and 3, he said, now you are what? Clean through the word which I've spoken to you. The word cleanses. Ah, keep a good dose of the word. Take a good word shower. Every day. Of course, I know y'all have a several minute word shower every day. Monday through Friday. Because everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter in the New Testament. Am I right? And Monday we read Hebrews 2. Right? Does that have a cleansing effect on you? When you read that word and when you hear that word, the Bible talks about in Ephesians, the washing of the water of the word cleanses you. Oh, hallelujah. There have been times when I heard a bunch of junk that I didn't really enjoy hearing and I'd just get get back home and lay across my bed and turn on my Bible CD and just hear some word. Helps wash your mind, wash your soul, cleanses. Everybody say washing of the word. Now you're clean. Hallelujah. He says uh, in 17th chapter talks about sanctifying us through the truth. The truth cleanses you. Sanctifies you. So number two, how can we be clean? What's number one? We cleanse ourselves from defiling practices. Things that in our heart we know. The after test. After we did it, we felt bad. We felt unclean. Felt like we had to repent. We cut that off. We cleanse that. Number two, cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. And number three, go to Revelation. Book of Revelation and the first chapter. Oh, I like this. What do you think number three is? Well, here you go. Revelation 1, 5. Revelation 1, 5. And from Jesus Christ, do you love him? Who is the faithful witness? Has ever told you anything but the absolute truth? Never has, never will. And the first begotten of the dead. Why does it say first? Because there's others. (laughs) Many others. You and I are part of them. And the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Hallelujah. What's number three? The blood. Oh, thank God for the blood. Go to the seventh chapter. Seventh chapter. Verse 9. Look closely because you're in this picture. Revelation 7, 9. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb. It'll come to pass. It's not going to be long. Clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And they cried with a loud voice. We might as well get tuned up down here. 
And they said what? Salvation to our God which sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts. And they fell before the throne on their faces and they worshiped God. And they said, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered and said to me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And where came they? Who are these folks? And where'd they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.